And so you start a you start a true crime podcast for the company's employees so that they'll engage with the story Absolutely. about the way they got hacked. Absolutely. The, the podcast I is about that. the way they to got hacked. And so get now you in the future. So that way they all well, remember. Of course they'd listen yeah. to they that. All know that they, I'd listen to yeah, that. <laughs> now they all know the story of how they got hacked. And the people that stopped the hack, the people that had to clean up the hack, but they were talking like you would hear a true crime investigator talk or a true crime like That's the police so officer cool. of the case. It wasn't police officer of the case, it was just the you know, chief security officer within their organization or their vice president of security. Very funny. That's I've never heard anything like that. Welcome back to episode nine of Oh My Pod. I'm Justin. And I'm Celine. And today we have our second ever interview on the show, Mark Minnery, who is one of the best possible guests I think we could have ever possibly achieved on this show, which is awesome. Um, so he's friends with Jacob Bozarth, who was uh, episode five of Oh My Pod. So we'll get into that here. So Mark is a serial entrepreneur. He was previously a telecommunications exec- executive who founded multiple companies. In 2017, he joined the wonderful world of podcasting by co-founding the podcast production agency called Resonate Recordings with Jacob, who, like I said, was the guest on episode five. You can go listen to that. In 2019, Mark co-founded a different agency, podcasting agency called Black Mountain Media, whose first podcast, Culpable, reached number one on iTunes and currently has over 40 million downloads. Uh, That's a true crime podcast, and it's phenomenal. You may have already heard of it if you're interested in podcasting. Uh, and most recently, in 2021, Mark embarked on a new endeavor with Jacob Bozarth called Resound. And it's an, AI, it's an AI podcasting tool that saves audio engineers countless hours of painstaking, monotonous editing. That is very true. I've used it. Um, and we talked lots with Jacob last time. It's a fantastic idea. And it's going to blow up. I know it. Um, so, Mark, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> Good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we want to get into, but first of all, I just want to hear like from your perspective, how your life sort of went to the kind of how you, you transitioned from doing kind of like, you know, cold, hard business into the world of, of podcasting and, and creative and creativity and endeavors and all that stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always been kind of, um, interested in business and, uh, starting new things. Um, I have just one of those personalities that likes to try stuff and start stuff. Um, so in 2002, I started my first company, uh, telecom company. Um, over the years I've, I've had several companies that we kind of, uh, you know, dabbled in, but either sold or, or didn't succeed. Uh, but, but those telecom companies were always kind of my staple, um, and, and just slowly grew into, um, when I left uh, Single Point, when, when I finally sold it to a private equity firm, um, you know, it was the number one or the largest uh, uh, telecom consulting firm in Kentucky. And so, wow. What just briefly, what it, like just for me, I don't know what what te- telecommunications even is, actually. Yeah. So uh, just we realized as you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, we would uh, design uh, networks for companies, for banks, uh, for uh, healthcare organizations. Uh, and design the wide area networks that would connect those securely. And then also uh, ah, later do the uh, phone systems, the IP telephone systems. Um, pretty much everything that wasn't a network inside a building, we supplied. And so a lot of SaaS okay, cool. products. And so it was really more sales organization, but I kind of had a technical background um, in, in telecom for years. So Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, doing that for, you know, almost 20 years. Uh, I had started in telecom probably when I was in 2000, uh, well, 1997. And so, wow. so when I started in telecom, so awesome. yeah. Uh, so, uh, by the time I got to the end, I, I was just, honestly, I was just burnt out, um, had been just kind of climbing, 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 building, 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 and then started getting private equity money and doing roll-ups and mergers. And it, it honestly, it just sucked the life out of me as an individual. Some people mm-hmm. thrive in that. I'm a, I'm an introvert. Um, uh, you know, I kind of lead quietly, um, in the organization. Uh, I need a lot of, uh, time to think and just, uh, be quiet. And, uh, in, in the, in the industry I was in, it just never gave me that opportunity. So, um, so yeah. So when I had an opportunity to sell out, um, 
and, uh, and, and, and all those assets were gone. I, I had already uh, been a part of Resonate in 2017. Uh, we had started Black Mountain Media uh, in 2019 and did Copable. Um, and then uh, I sold the company right when we were raising money um, for Resound. Uh, and we started raising venture capital money. So, Wow. Super, super cool. And so Black Mountain Media merged with Resonate, right? Yes. Yeah. We... Uh, yeah. We merged it back in 2021 and okay. um, signed a multi-slate deal with Tenderfoot TV. Um, and so we're right, in the middle right. of yeah. uh, doing those shows now. Um, we had our second show come out um, last year, uh, Undetermined, which also hit number one. Uh, yeah, so we're yeah, really excited I, about yeah. that. I read about that. Yeah, so we're really excited yeah, about that. I feel like I'd heard about that from like just through the grapevine or whatever, which yeah. is great for great for you yeah it's yeah sounds... we've we've been to be honest we've just been super blessed by that partnership yeah. with tenderfoot um giving us the opportunity to to allow us to make shows and i i can kind of rewind a little bit um you know when when we kind of get into copable and how all that played out um yes but, yeah yeah so you know for me um you know, I, I really love creators. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love supporting creators. I'm not naturally a creative. Uh, um, just that's just not how I'm wired. Um, but I love creative things. And um, mm-hmm. so after having just critical burnout, for me, it was just really important to kind of jump back in the seat and, um, you know, dive full force into a, you know, creating tools that help creators, um, helping creators like, you know, tell their vision and um, in brands to, to just, you know, to kind of execute their vision. Um, and then with our own stuff, supporting our team to help, you know, make our individuals or our um, original shows. And so, you know, podcasting is just feels like home. It hasn't been the industry that I'm cool. used to, but man, I yeah. love it. And I love the people and the industry is young. So there's not like this establishment so much that there was in telecom. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no AT&T. I guess there's Spotify now, yeah. but you know, um, yeah. But even that, like, um, you know, even with companies like Spotify, I mean, they've reached out to us before with Resound and, and you know, do, you know, to do social media stuff. And mm-hmm. and even the big players in the game um, work with, the you know, some of the smaller upcoming companies. And it's it's really yeah. it's really awesome. And that's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, yeah. a kind of a breath of fresh air for me. Yeah. So you kind of climbed the corporate ladder and then you burnt out like crazy because that's. The, the, I guess the the culture, yeah. which is like that in a lot of business. Yeah. And then this was just sort of a, a way for you to continue your career in a way that was more free. And also, I see what you're saying about like, you're you're not a creative, but you, I guess you, you probably like, I would, I would think that you actually probably would be because you said that you like to start new things and yeah. build new things. So in one way or another, definitely yeah. are a creative person. Yeah, I feel but like you, he's a really good synergy with yeah with, creative, with, with yeah. creative people yeah exactly. yeah because i'm somebody who who really needs some type of like analytical person mm-hmm. on the back end to manage the things that that i start because the things that i start usually yes at, at some point they you, you know i stop wanting to uh to there's the fire is gone and then it's it's on to the yeah. the next thing and then i'll come back to that thing but but it's not like it's not like that doesn't work. I mean, that's that's the way that I think of a lot a lot of entrepreneurs work. But it's cool that you now are using like your um, expansive knowledge in the world of business to support people who are creative, who uh, frankly just don't really want to think about that type of stuff. Um, yeah, I think also just in running organizations for me, you know, and and having critical burnout and and realizing kind of what's important in life. You know, I have mm-hmm. five kids, you know, and wow. they're, I read that yeah. from, from, awesome. from college down to, you know, my, my youngest is going into kindergarten next year. And so, so you uh, get to spend lots of time with them yeah. because you're only, you're only working 20 hours a week <laughs> from home, right? Yeah, I, I was, I was the year after I sold the company before yeah. Resound. Um, but I, now you're working more. Yeah, I spent about a year oh, okay, okay. working part time, um, okay. you know, about 20 hours a week, especially as we were prepping to raise for Resound. Um, right. Yeah. And then as as we were, um, you know, basically setting up a new management team to take over for resonate recordings as, you know, Jacob needed to kind of, uh, go full, um, into resound, uh, you know, cause that, that's what we owed the investors is, is full mm-hmm. attention on that venture. And so, yeah, totally. you know, part of my role is to make sure that, um, you know, that, that our originals product, our production services, uh, both are, are moving forward, 
um, especially in Jacob's absence. So. Right. Okay. Very yeah, cool. Think, yeah. I think it's like, it's crazy to see how, how it changes a person when they work too much and when they yeah. work the right amount because and I, where they're I supposed rem- to work. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it. I, I was, a, I used to be a teacher in elementary school last year and, um, I just always saw the difference between a part-time teacher and a full-time teacher. Yeah. Um, the part-time te- teacher just had so much more, you know, was just overall a better, like a better teacher, but also in their private life better. And I feel like, especially when you have a family, this is so important. Yeah. And also for your business, it's really important that you can be the best version of yourself. Whereas when you're, when you're Absolutely. burned out and stressed out, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, we we really have tried to build a culture too where our people can say, "Hey, I need I need mm-hmm. time, I need a break, I need rest." Yeah. Um, Same with know, us. We do unlimited yeah. PTO. It's just put in a request and take time off. We, yeah, you know, we do a forced week of vacation at the end of the year just to make sure people rest and spend time mm-hmm. during the holidays at home. And um, mm-hmm. you know, For there's sure. there's we we set up our company to where we know how long it takes to do certain items and if it's taking longer then either we underquoted it and need to assist you or you know there's there's certain reasons so for us it's just i i don't i, I just want a good balanced life for all of our employees it's just really important yeah to me. yeah just briefly before i ask you yeah. uh, we start talking about culpable mm-hmm. i just want to mention that this is making me think of one of our clients just actually had on uh a woman named a woman named Fatima Zaidi. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. She's the founder of Quill Podcasting. Okay. Um, and she's she's very very successful. She's she's awesome. She was yeah. a great guest on the show. And, and yeah. so he he interviewed her, and I was actually listening to her talk about um her her life of kind of dealing with like the hustle culture and all these things because she she was like Forbes thirty under thirty like two times. So obviously very deep into the the yeah. um, business sector and just the grind culture, and she. She said that one thing that she would tell everybody now is that um, the part of being an entrepreneur is also realizing uh, that your career is only like one fifth of your life. And being a good entrepreneur means not just having success in that one fifth, but having success in all of them. And that's being health, time with family, you know, relationships, all these things. And and even like, you know, Gary Vee was somebody that I looked up to a lot when when I was uh, starting in like to become an entrepreneur or whatever. And, um, and he was all about, you know, working all the time, don't sleep, don't eat, like just do. And apparently now he's, uh, he went on to a diary of a CEO. Um, and he, the, our, our, uh, our client, the host of that podcast said that he was almost in tears of, of the message that he had been, um, kind of pushing for so long. Um, and said that he, I, I think he's experiencing some regret over that message that he pushed because he's realizing that, that's not as important, you know, like over $70,000 a year, people, there's really no market increase in, uh, in happiness and, or fulfillment. And so mm-hmm. some people can make $70,000 a year and be just as happy as the person making a million, but also have way more time. So it's, it's really about what I think, how you want to shape your life in, in particular, uh, depending on the things that you like to do. Like, I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like we like making money. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's also fulfilling to see that as a result of pursuing something that you find meaningful that that there's like a monetary compensation is really rewarding to see it shows that you're kind of going in the right direction at least and but uh but for some people it's just not it's not not important it really isn't at all so i just wanted to put that in there definitely turns into a vicious cycle i mean for me my personal experience right um this is three years ago um yeah you know my my personal experience was that once the stress took over, then that turned into anxiety, which turned into lack of yeah. sleep, which turned into health issues, which turned into more anxiety, which turned into hopelessness, yeah. which turned into really poor performance at work. Even though I was trying to do 70 yeah, hours right. of work, I was only doing 20 hours of actual work because uh, I was yeah. just dealing with my everything going on. And so it was mm-hmm. like, I, and I, I just hit that point where I pushed through so many years that I literally needed just to take time away to like let my brain and body heal. Um, yeah. just to really breathe hard. a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. So totally, now I totally understand that. Now we have super stressful seasons. We have really, we, we have deadlines. There's times when we have to work a lot, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not the culture of our company to say you need to stay enslaved. Um, but yeah. sometimes, especially when you're doing, you know, podcasts or you're, you're listening to audio, you don't want to stop. You just want to keep going, you know, yeah, you're, no, you're honestly, that's, 
Well, that's the way you want to be working, yeah, though. You want to you want to feel like you can't step away, and then have to force yourself yes. to step away. Yeah. Not be waiting for the moment when you get to step away. Like that's how you know that you might not be in the the right spot. Um, so yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I think that that's just like really really important, especially for people my age, just to hear like, man, you do not need to work all the time. You do not need to spend seventy hours, eighty hours a week working if you want to grind it out, build something, but then figure out how you can build it and then step away from it and have things work on their own. Because other than that, you're just going to build yourself a life that, that requires yeah. you to be somebody that you're not all the time. And that's there's, just, there's too much. a major point of diminishing returns. It's just a Absolutely, point where it becomes yeah. destructive and mm-hmm, exactly. But I feel like that the, the younger generation is, um, really stepping away from that. I think the millennials were the last ones that were really taught to like, just grind. And I feel like the, even like the people that are a bit younger, maybe than you, Justin, are starting to like, they already are being taught that. Yeah, that's what Fatima was saying as well. Yeah, the continuous uh, grind is actually not it. Yeah, totally. So I think it's definitely shifting. Okay, so let's um, let's talk about culp- culpable. So yeah. this is a true crime <clears throat> podcast that you started uh, under Black Mountain Media Productions, which which I'm a little confused about because you were part of Resonate, but then <laughs> yeah. you had another one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, honestly, just run us through like how that whole kind of thing came to be. And then yeah. I would love to get into some of the nitty gritty details of, of the actual podcasting side of that. Yeah. So while I was working in telecom, uh, my office manager was my brother-in-law, Dennis Cooper. Um, okay. and so, uh, Dennis and I, um, along with Jacob, we're all close friends. Our offices were next to each other and Dennis and Jacob worked together before he started to resonate. So they were in, in, uh, insurance billing, uh, together. So, um, cool. uh, so we were all friends anyway, and we were in the same office park and that way I could go from single point, walk over to resonate, check on things, go to meetings. And I had the two That's companies awesome. next to each other. And so just let me kind of be at a hand's distance away just to help out if there was something going on or just to check in, you know, um, and hang out with my friend. Right. And so, um, we, we decided, Hey, you know, we have this relationship with Tenderfoot and we really want to make our own content. Uh, will they let us make a show? And so we talked to Donald Albright with Tenderfoot and said, Hey Donald, you know, look, we, we've done some work for you guys. We really appreciate you guys as a partner. You know, would you guys put out a show with us? And uh, they said, yeah, just pitch us some ideas. Let's and find how them. were you working with Tenderfoot at the time? Like, how did you know them? So, you know, when we first launched, when we first launched Resonate, one of the things that Jacob did was he went and cold called the top 100 shows in Apple and just reached out to every one of them saying, hey, I'm new yeah. to the industry. I'm looking for work. Here's what we're doing. I have my master's in audio engineering. Here's here's kind of my resume. And Payne Lindsay from Up and Vanished at the time, the show was like, you know, number 17 or something. And we were all listening to it. Um, and he reached back and said, yeah, I could really use some help. And so Tenderfoot became a client right away. Uh, you know, the case gets solved. It shoots number one. We're getting shout outs in it. Mm-hmm. And that helped us kind of launch Resonate. We owe a lot to yeah. Payne and to Donald um, both. And so... We, you know, had a partnership and worked on a bunch of stuff for them. We've, we've actually written shows for them um, and done some other work for them in the past. Um, but we said, hey, do you, can we put out some shows together or put out a show together? And I said, find an idea. And we said, great. We pitched a couple of shows. Uh, they passed on the ideas. And then um, we were at uh, CrimeCon uh, in 2018. And um, the cousin of Christian Andriaco, who's the main subject of Copable, uh, approached our team and said, Hey, I have this story. Um, you know, this happened to my cousin. Um, my, my aunt's been doing all this work, all this research and can't get anywhere. Um, would you help us? And so we got a copy of the flash drives of, of the documents and started reviewing them. And, um, Dennis and I said, yeah, let's, let's write up a, a pitch deck and we sent it to Tenderfoot. They greenlit it right there. Um, and we spent the next year making go and, um, you know, at the time Jacob's running resonate, which is, you know, at the time really, you know, that's when things were really booming in the beginning where it's just like this crazy two X, three X growth every year, um, you know, in that beginning stages. And so dealing with that, and then Dennis and I were both still running single point. So, uh, we were doing it in the evenings and taking vacation time or taking time off from work to go do two week, you know, like do a one week recording trip. 
and then come yeah. back and then four weeks later go down and do a four day recording trip and um end up doing seven recording trips um it was a six figure budget <laughs> um to <laughs> to make the show uh and luckily we had our own engineers and so we were able to use Dayton Cole and Pat Kickleiter, Pat Kickleiter, some of our, you know, some of our best engineers, um, and just said, kind of go to town. Um, and really, you know, for us, it was our introduction into podcasting. And we said, let's just, let's, let's shoot for the moon and let's go big. And, right. um, and Tenderfoot had a really good track record. Every show they had done at that point had gone to number one. And so we felt good, uh, wow. coming off of live and die in LA that, you know, we could, we could do good all coming off that show. And so, yeah, we, um, and then the, for us, it was really important. You know, the things that were super important were, A, uh, we want a very compelling story that we can highlight the family and their emotions. Like, we don't yeah. want to not let people feel what they're feeling. And that's right. really important to us. Two was we wanted the sound design to be, like, as next level as possible, even though we're yeah. doing all these recording trips in places where you can hear the refrigerator and, you know, everything else right. that just drives you nuts. Um, yeah. You know, we, that was really important. So, you know, like, we took binaurals down to and did, you know, events with binaurals to capture all that crazy sound design. And so for Copal, wow. for me, when people say they listen to Copal, like, in their car, it breaks my heart. I'm like, oh, please put on headphones. It's meant for headphones. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so much sound design. That the reminds class. me. Of yeah, there's so Audio much sound there. Thought me, yeah. Yeah. That's know. me with my music as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he writes music, and every time, like, yeah. no, no, put headphones on. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, every time. Every time, yeah. I know yeah. this. <laughs> and so, uh, and yeah, it was just a, it was a really big kind of side project that we were doing in the midst of the company, and um, and I was really lucky. I, I have a really good friend, Neil DeGrade from Dirt Poor Robbins. Um, there, there, he's a fantastic musician, um, just brilliant. Um, you know, scores movies. And so we were oh, able to cool. hit him up Great. and say, he had hey, everything. Man, yeah, yeah I, I really need some cool music. And uh, I want something that has the feeling of Mississippi and struggle. Can you write me a theme mm-hmm. song? And he gave us the song Meridian Prime, which is the opening to Copable, which is, you know, just I it's my favorite thing ever. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And so, yeah, so go back and listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, uh, it was it was really exciting. And then um, and then we launched it. We had no clue what was going to happen. And we were like, are we going to make money on this? Like, are we going to lose right. a whole lot of money? In this? Oh, yeah. And um, but that was kind of the fun thing, because honestly, by the end of it, we did not care if we didn't make a dime. It didn't matter. We were so um, bought into helping the family, getting the story out there, and we just wanted ears to hear it. And um, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, we 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 were really blessed. It, it did really well. The audience um, uh, really got into it. it. It was, but yeah, when you say what is it like to have a, a big podcast, it, there's just a lot of interaction that happens. That's just, you're not prepared for, you're not prepared for the social media stuff. You're not prepared for, um, just all the rumors and stuff, the accusations that come out, like, you know, like the mom of the victim is a producer paying for us to make the podcast and stuff like that. Oh, I like, see that type of stuff. Oh, oh it's wow. insane. It's insane. That 2% of crazy wow. comes out when you're talking, you know, 3 million people, um, uh, two or three percent of that is a lot versus a lot of people. If you're talking oh, ten thousand yeah, people, sure. you have you know three percent are kind of like, whoo, this is intense. Mm-hmm. There are some intense people online, and so just learning how to deal with that because, quite frankly, you know, none of us are real big online presence. You know, we kind of do our thing. We're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't. I know. I I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. I I yeah. couldn't. I mean, I could only find you on on LinkedIn, and yeah. even that was a bit was a bit sparse. So I totally know that. Um that's uh that's really weird so the the actual um the actual show itself Mm -hmm. so i kind of want to get into some of the like details of so you've got 40 million downloads on it yeah um so roughly like roughly how many people were involved in the like the the actual show like i i want to know i want to know like the the kind of the structure b- behind how that actually works yeah i would say Cobal season one is not the best um blueprint to make a podcast when it comes to okay. workflow right uh because okay, it was yeah. a side deal 
we weren't even using any of our internal systems the way we normally would use them. So, you know, we, right. we wrote our own software for project management within our own process of our, you know, for our clients, but we weren't using it with Copable just because, uh, it was kind of being done in Dropbox on the side. It was just, it was just yeah, one of those it was outside of your, yeah, of your agency. outside yeah. of the ecosystem mm-hmm. at the time. Um, mm-hmm. as we've gotten further along with newer shows, they've kind of been pulled into our ecosystem. So, um, but no, Copable, uh, yeah, it would be, um, We'd start off by, you know, first doing uh, research and we'd had at that time um, just three of us doing all the research, reading through. Uh, we would actually pull in, you know, Dennis's wife, Courtney, um, would come in and, and review documents as well. It was just That's kind cool. of all all team effort. Um, yeah. And then as we started getting recording, uh, you know, we would go down, um, Jacob, Dennis, myself, um, which are kind of the three of the partners at, at resonate. Cause when we bought black mountain, um, Dennis came in and part of that, uh, purchase was a, kind of a merger. And so now Dennis mm-hmm. is a part of resonate. Um, and so when we went down, uh, originally it was just, you know, grab audio, we'd go down a team of four uh, often and then come back. And, uh, you know, we have, hundreds of hours of audio um mm-hmm. 60 some interviews uh 60 interviews yeah it took with a, like the family and then like what witnesses and stuff oh, or like different people around friends, them like uh government employees um we also had nine wow. private investigators and so all of those interviews got recorded were you, were you paying those people or were they doing it yeah. just because they so um, we were really fortunate that um, at the time we were doing a show with Sheila Waisaki, who was a private investigator, and we were actually editing her show for Resonate. And so oh. um, when she found out about the story, um, she offered up to call a bunch of her friends and see if they would um, give us their time. So they all took mm-hmm. you know, a week out of their time here. Sheila took multiple uh, time. She's still kind of involved in it even. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, and then we just paid for all the travel to send them around the country. So, you know, we had okay. five people down in the Florida Keys for uh, a week. Um, we had mm-hmm. people up in... That's, that's not cheap to, no, to, it was tr- to travel people like that. travel season, too. That's, so, that's not cheap. Ho- yeah. Hotel rooms were like wow. uh, $1,400 a night. And so we're trying... Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're just trying to capture And, and uh, <laughs> like the, bu- yeah. the budget was supplied by Tenderfoot. no. No, it was wasn't. there outside like this is what I don't understand because yeah. I, I I'm not like I'm still I'm still quite young. So I yeah. feel like this is something that you understand only with yeah. time in all kinds of business industries in the back end. I just yeah. don't understand who is paying and where yeah. who's in charge of what kind of thing. Yeah. In this we were uh, so we formed Black Mountain Media and then we mm-hmm. we I loaned us the money. We put our money. just. You in loaned the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And so we borrowed the money and. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for that, for that venture. And it was separate from resonate. So, you know, we were able to then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we could basically hire ourselves to do all the I editing see. and, and do all the, um, post work. Plus, you know, Jacob, um, being an engineer and, you know, he did a lot of the, um, you know, editing and sound design. And then he'd hand off to one of our other engineers to do a mix yeah. and then another engineer to kind of do the final, you know, kind of, uh, well, yeah. one would score and then one would mix and then they'd kind of do a final, we'd do a final review and then we'd, we'd uh, print the master. Um, cool. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, it was very much, uh, it probably touched between the investigators, um, the experts that we contacted, um, and then our paid team and our resonate team. Uh, there was probably 25 people who touched that show in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, and then, and then that doesn't include also, um, we have marketing support with, uh, Beck media. We had oh, I bet. Tenderfoot uh, yeah. support and we also had feed drop support. So I think we got nine feed drop. Oh, dropping the, f- I know what you mean by nine, that. Yeah, we had but our, maybe our just trailer briefly, got yeah. dropped in the, I think nine feeds. Um, yeah. And so other podcasts. Yeah. Right? So instantly yeah. we were able to find an audience and it's finding the audience and holding on to them. That that's the, that's the hard part. And, um, so, a 15 episode ha- show. Yeah. So I have, I have a, like, uh, something just popped in my mind, but yeah. b- before I say that, um, the, it's just so weird that like, if you think about podcasting as an industry, like we are helping people 
mostly like coaches and business people, entrepreneurs, all those types of people build like, you know, affordable shows that help them <laughs> kind of get their message out there. No worries. That's part of podcasting. <laughs> As everybody knows. <laughs> we'll wait one sec. We'll, we'll probably just keep that in. Honestly, that just shows like here we are like doing podcasts. Like, yeah. happens. Yeah. It happens um, a lot when we're recording Copable too. Um, oh, yeah. of course. Of course. No, don't worry yeah, about delivery, it at all. Delivery um, person comes. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, <laughs> so we'll just power through the dog. So um, I was wondering like, oh, what was I saying? What was I saying about? Yes, the different. In, so podcasting is obviously one industry, but we help people on a much smaller scale kind of like grow their audiences mm-hmm. and build themselves into like get their get their their voice and their and their message out to the people who may want to hear it and then that helps them kind of generate clients and generate revenue but like that is a completely different world than what you're talking about and it yeah and i think people still think of podcasting as a as a somewhat of a small industry yeah so wh- what what exactly like what would you say to somebody who thought that that podcasting was sort of a a, a niche industry when you guys are doing something like essentially building what what's equivalent to an entire like tv show like what a tv show is or what a exactly what a movie is or whatever you know what i'm saying like like you're you're on a a completely different level like the 0.001 percent of podcasts are doing what you're doing yeah and it's it's a scary venture too because you don't know what the returns are and with some of those early Mm -hmm. shows that we did we're doing it off of a small draw you know, you're not doing it off of a yeah. full budget. And, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you have to calculate um, what, you know, when we did Copal season one, we weren't worried so much about the budget as we were making just the most incredible show that we could in, you yeah. know, with the time that we had. And, um, totally. you know, we had a deadline too. So that was the other hard part. You're trying to do this show with a, with a, with a deadline because, you know, they sell the release date, start selling the ads. And you're just like, we got, yeah. we have to deliver. And, you know, by the end, we were oh. finishing up episodes the week of. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that, yeah. You know, wow. by the end. Yeah. And so it's yeah. just crazy. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's an insane scale that is, is really scary. And you, there's a lot of, I think things for us that we had to think through um, that made us take the risk, which is just who is your partner? What is the potential exposure? Um, You know, it's really hard to break in right now too, especially on like to break into the top 100 is, is still hard to Mm -hmm. do. Um, I bet. uh, Just because there's so many new shows coming out. um, Yeah. Yes. Every week. And so, and and so many episodes coming. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. When did culpable release? 2019 um okay. season one released and we released season two in december of last year okay is there gonna be a season three yeah, it sounds crazy impressive what's that it sounds crazy impressive oh, i appreciate that yeah it's... like yeah like it's it's just crazy the difference like justin said between i mean i think most people still think about podcasting like that indie indie podcast but this is crazy this is like a tv series yeah, right like a proper this, yeah yeah, yeah that's what i, I think is. though the market is changing and that's one of the things that's that's interesting is oh. when we first got into it um these kind of 12 episode 10 to 12 15 episode true crime long form story long form story uh mm-hmm. stories was the kind of the demand it's what had hit it was yeah. um this the mm-hmm. serial the s town um, you know, all those types of shows were, were doing really well. And that's kind of what, where the, where the market was going, the market's mm-hmm. changed. It's a lot harder to sell a show like that. Um, it's hard to get the advertising onto a show mm-hmm. like that. And kind of the always on model is, is what is, um, yep. being demanded, I guess, by the market. And so and I think that's driven mm-hmm. a lot by advertising more than it is by fans. Okay. So for yeah. us, you know, as a business, we have to make the decision of, of what is always on look like for us as a studio. Um, you know, we're working yeah. on a daily show right now. That'll be, um, researched, researched, recorded, produced all the same day. Um, with topics. Uh, yeah. From I've, the- I've heard of people doing that. That is something yeah. that again, yeah. you need to, a designated team yeah. whose job it is to do that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a major, major undertaking. Like people, yeah, pe- people, I don't think, well, maybe they do, but I, I even like, I just don't think people understand the, the level of, of, um, 
the level of everything that goes into just even putting a podcast out, like there's so many quality checks or so many little things that can go wrong and then you have to go back. And so very, very cool. I really, um, I really like that we have somebody on who's been part of a show like that, because like I said, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact, the exact statistics, but it's a tiny, tiny percentage of, of, of shows that oh, have yeah. ever even become close to that. So that's been really, really cool to talk about. Um, I'm just flipping through my questions because I know that there's yeah. one thing I really wanted to ask about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is what I'm really curious about. Um, and you don't have to go into crazy detail about this, yeah. but how how did the where did the listeners come from? Like, what were the adverse advertising channels that performed the best? Like, I guess what I'm getting at is if you had a hundred grand mm-hmm. and the show was already completely produced and you had a completely like fire awesome show. And you had a hundred grand to dedicate towards some type of marketing, and you mm. could just put it anywhere. Like, what exactly were the channels that brought people into yeah. that type of show? Yeah, I would say if I had money to spend, and I'm trying to launch a show that I'm trying to get into the, you know, into the charts, right? And not mm-hmm. for the goal of being mm-hmm. in the charts, but the goal of getting exposure from the charts to then get more listeners, yes. to then get more followers, then to tell that story more and more. And more. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, honestly, feed drop. <laughs> I would pay for feed drops. Really? Hey, uh, are I they really expensive? Drops. Well, depends on whose feed drops you're doing. So, you know, if if you're looking at uh, kind of the traditional sense of, um, hey, I'm going to buy a feed drop on a top show from Top Studio. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are feed swaps or ad yeah. swaps. Mm-hmm. It's a trade right. between one yeah. studio saying, "I'll give you five hundred thousand. You give me five hundred thousand in December when my new show comes out." And so they do a lot of right. that. So yeah. purchasing, mm-hmm. but there are, you know, people who do purchase feed drops. And so if you don't have your own content um, and you're trying to That's get out to do it, yeah, the, the, the way I would do it, if I was a, a smaller um, creator is find other podcasts that have the audience that you're going after that, that same mm-hmm. brand that you're going after. So if you sell, you know, um, a coffee and, uh, and, and you're focused on, on a, you know, you have a military base brand, you know, find the, you know, find the podcast that talks uh, to that audience and yeah, buy it should f- be easy to find. Yeah. 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 And you, you buy feed drops on smaller podcasts that have a mm-hmm. concentrated audience versus bigger podcasts mm-hmm. that have a broader audience. And so find your niche for sure. And then build your, build your audience from there. It, it is about audience yeah. building now, especially when you have uh, more always on like weeklies, dailies, biweeklies. Um, do, do you it, think, it really do you is. think like you're going to spend like, like a grand on a, on a smaller podcast, like maybe, you know, like a podcast that's getting like 500 listeners an episode or something like that? Is it like a thousand or is it? Yeah. If it, um, yeah, there's, I, I gotta be honest. I don't, you're not, yeah, I don't no, that's know. All good. I, yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that we probably mm-hmm. don't do is, um, is do, um, ad sales. And, um, that's just yeah. something we, we don't really touch into, um, as an agency. Uh, we really, yeah, focus we don't on, either. Yeah. So we really focus. That's a why lot I was on asking the, you, yeah. I was hoping you knew. No. And for <laughs> us, uh, you know, with our own original shows, we had, um, basically ad partners who were selling the ads for us. And so we didn't really yeah. get, we just, we approved, uh, who could do, who could read an ad. So if there's something in there that, you know, we just didn't, didn't like the product or didn't know, you know, right. um, but everything else, I don't think we actually turned any ads down, but, um, but, uh, yeah. So, so, f- you know, for us, I like w- when I have new clients who are, who are looking for that, we, we really say, what is your network? You know, we have doctors, so we do a lot of, uh, people in the medical profession. And one of the things we say yeah, is I've heard about, yeah, heard yeah. A lot about medical podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and so, you know, one of the things we'll say is what's your, you know, what's your influence? Do you have any friends who have podcasts? You know, can you get a, mm-hmm. can they drop your trailer in there? Can you be a guest on there? It's that whole kind of exposing yourself to the audience. That is the tried and true that works. Um, yeah. It really yeah, does. Yeah, I was doing some research the other day. I went down a rabbit hole and that's exactly, that's exactly what people are yeah. saying. Like, and and also like f- finding some like another podcast, but that is completely in your niche, and don't be afraid to go, you know, to niche down yeah. like crazy on that. Yeah, because like you said, that's gonna that's gonna be a listener that keeps on listening. Yeah, yeah. Right? and for us, like, yeah, you know, I know for us with studios, this the studios we work with, they all do 
add swaps and, and, and feed swaps together. And it's, it's really kind of yeah. great to see the creator community really supports each other. I mean, I don't look at any of the other companies that do what we do so much as competitors is just part of the ecosystem. And that's um, why we're on this call right now. I think, yeah, absolutely. There's only so much like we, we, we only need like 15 to 20 clients. So yeah. like, I mean, what, how many, you know, that's this nothing. Like yeah. It, yeah. We, we literally might as well be, we might as well be doing completely different things. It just doesn't even matter. And, and, but we're, we're having this conversation, even though we may be looked at as, as uh whatever competition, but, but truly, I think we know that we're actually not because we would never claim to do what you guys do in your company. We have a completely different target yeah, and, and a completely different goal, right? Yeah. And uh, so why not? Um, I mean, like we learned so much from Jacob and now we learned so much from you from a completely different side of things too, right? Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. like yeah. y- you're incredibly knowledgeable about about the business and even even just all the words that you use when you're talking about business it's like you know like all no no it's like it's cool because it's you just you can just tell that you you're just so deep in that and that's your life that they just kind of come out and i'm like oh what like oh cool like i want to i want to be able to do that (laughs) i gotta be honest you know i i'm not i'm not much of a reader Right. So I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I have terrible dys- dyslexia and I have ADHD. So I, oh, wow. I don't like to read. I, I can over, okay, you know, yeah. over years, you just, you just get better and better at reading just cause, but I don't retain things when I read them. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I don't love long emails cause I'm just like mm-hmm. halfway through. I'm just like, Oh, this is such a chore. Like give me bullet points. You know, it's just my personality. Yeah, yeah. And I just, it's just one of those way. things like I have to amp myself up when I see a four page email. I'm just like, Oh, this is going to yeah. take a while for me. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> So, so things like audiobooks, um, you know, kind of that's where that in documentaries is a lot of where I just love to consume information. I'm a learner. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I I like to ask questions. I like to think a lot about problems and I like to know how things work. And Mm -hmm. so podcasting has been that for me. Like I spend five hours a day with a podcast in my ear. I go to bed at night and there's a podcast usually mm-hmm. playing in my ear. And it, you're a true podcast fanatic. I am a I am truly a podcast junkie. Um, so I have I have a question. So you said that the market's changing away yeah. from from kind of what culpable is. So I have two actually I have two little questions. The first yeah. one is um and I'll ask them both and then I'll let you answer. So I think the first one is would you listen to something like culpable or a true crime podcast? Um because and then the second one is do you think that the industry is like when we look at the stats, the the majority of the people who listen to podcasts are highly educated. They've got like degrees. They're listening to learn. They're listening to educate themselves on problems that they're facing and whatever in their careers. So like I personally, I, I don't listen to podcasts for entertainment. I only listen to, to learn about things because that's my time to learn. And like yeah. you just said, that's your time to learn as well. So would you listen to something like culpable and and do you think the industry is moving because the people who listen to podcasts are looking to more like educate themselves on specific niche topics rather than listen for entertainment? Well, I think the industry is moving because the ad sales are unpredictable when your show isn't always on. And so that's part of the When reason. your show isn't always on, right? Yeah, so when you have seasons, that's what it is. when you have unpredictable seasons, uh, I and true crime saying. is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can schedule to release mm-hmm. one every totally. November if I wanted to, and that that'd be fine. Yeah. But but the way we do our stories, it's it's unpredictable. And when when we'll be out? So for advertisers, the more predictable the audience is going to be there that they know. Oh, well, we have a movie coming out in November that we need to you know do these ads the three weeks before uh, yeah. to do an ad. They need to plan for, way ahead. Yes. Yeah. And they know that you're on. And so I think for the, the reason that, that it's changing is not so much for the audience's purposes uh, as much as it is the advertising. And that's the sad, yeah, the money's driving it. Yeah. We, I love nice. long form narrative story, storytelling. It's absolutely cool. my favorite yeah. thing. My favorite podcast is, you know, S town. It, it's like, mm-hmm just brilliant storytelling in my mind and um and so it's so comforting to listen to that stuff too with the right? music and the sound yeah. effect i just love that yeah, i like good I sound love design. business wars too yeah. yeah yeah 
so, amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd say 50% of my podcast listening just for me is 50% is probably learning and 50% mm-hmm. just entertainment. And it doesn't mean that yeah. sometimes learning is the entertainment for me. So it's yeah, just well, kind of, it's I mean, something I'm sure I'm you learn. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure you learn plenty of things also though, from something like culpable or, or a true crime podcast. Like I, I mean, there's all sorts of things that you pick mm-hmm. up whenever you're listening or watching anything so so yeah of course and there's just certain podcasters yeah, out there that if they if they come out with a new show no matter what it is i'm gonna check it out just because i you know i just mm-hmm. i like their yeah, stuff yeah totally you know yeah and there's so much different learning as well like i know that that there's learning that is regard like that's connected with my job like with with work but then there's learning that i really enjoy that is personally because i just am because i'm just interested in whatever yeah. it is right so like it's very different mm-hmm. yeah i mean one, one yeah. of the things you know we we try to do is is to let like help brands see how podcasting can be used in different ways within their organization that's engaging that's interesting so you yeah. know for instance we had a client i won't name the client um but you know mm-hmm. we had a client who they were having terrible time getting any kind of um uh engagement uh internally yeah. on cybersecurity. what's the big well yeah. cyber security well they had been yeah. hacked multiple times and had ransomware because of things that had happened internally and so you know they're like we just need better engagement and so one of the things that we were looking at doing. And I think this is just a good example for all those businesses, uh, ways to think outside the boxes. We said, well, what if we make a true crime internal podcast? Um, and, and we use your failures as an organization to protect your team. Uh, so, so we use these, these failures and we literally have your CIO come on and say, here's how we were breached. It wasn't because our software is updated. It's because we had somebody in accounting who opened up an email that they shouldn't have opened up. And then this is, this is the damage it did. And this is what it took us to back trail all the way back. And so you Mm. tell some of those types of stories, not in a way to like shame the employee, but, but to Mm. tell them this is, this is the, this is the end result. And here's how we got here. And you don't have to train them on what not to do. They hear what not to do in the story. And so now that is funny. It. And so the engagement on something like that was like seven times the email engagement yeah. and people listened for well, of course. You know, 26 Imagine, minutes yeah. and they got to understand more about three, three episodes on cybersecurity on, on different stories that just kind of helped them understand, Oh wow, this is why I'm not supposed to open these emails that I don't know where they're from and they have weird attachments. <laughs> and it's just, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so you had, you you literally had a, a a company like a big company with obviously you know like lots of lots of employees. This is a Fortune one hundred company. Yeah. So yeah, so they weren't listening to to the advice of how to not get hacked. They just like had cyber super low issues. engagement, so they'd send out a company wide yeah. email or a division wide email, and they might get and know, they just wouldn't open it. They might get fourteen hundred emails. The rest of them just go into and you know go to junk or don't don't get open, get deleted because it's just a company like notification email. And I'm like, it's yeah, and you don't of and, course, and so you. Still Start a you start a true crime podcast for the company's employees so that they'll engage with the story Absolutely. about the way they got hacked. Absolutely, the, the podcast is about the way they got hacked. So now you in the future, so that way they all well, remember. Of course, they'd listen. Yeah. To they that. all That's, know. That, I'd listen to yeah, that. Now they all know the story of how they got hacked and the people that stopped <laughs> the hack, the people that had to clean up the hack. But they were talking like you would hear a true crime investigator talk or a true crime like That's the police so officer cool. of the case. It wasn't police officer of the case. It was just the you know chief security officer within their organization or their vice president of security. Um, Very funny. That's I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. It's really one of our jobs is to help brands just understand how, why am I doing a podcast? And then uh, what is the goal? And, and it doesn't have to just be brand engagement to your community, but it can be engagement on certain topics just within your organization or division. And podcasting yeah. doesn't have to be super expensive. I mean, you know, we- no, I, I, uh, oh, no. I actually did a, a, a segment for a brand called Norco. They're, a, they're the um, bike manufacturers, like yeah. mountain bike manufacturers. Yeah. And they just did like a 12 episode internal podcast for the, they're another like, you know, 500 employee company, I'm sure. And they just, you know, they did a, a podcast that just went on their Instagram and it was a private page yeah. and they just sent that to their employees. And they were mm-hmm. like, this is who owns the company and here get to know them a little bit. And it was like, you know. 12 little short episodes just shared internally and that was the first time i kind of realized oh if a company has you know some extra income to spare and they and they want to to do their internal 
kind of education and culture building differently than normal, like differently than just using emails or like, you know, talks in, in the, in the, the, the office or something like, um, you know, meetings or whatever, then they just do this. And it's like, okay, here's a, here's a way to like outsource your, your mm-hmm. like culture within your company. You just get to like, you know, listen to this episode. Okay. So, um, that was incredibly valuable. Uh, I like doing this per- just personally because I, I learn a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I learned a lot of stuff today and I'm really, really happy, um, that we've had you on. Um, and I, I guess you don't really want to be found on social media cause you don't, really, you don't <laughs> do it so much, but, but if, if people wanted to find like, there's resonate recordings, yep. there's resound. Yeah. And those are probably the two places, right? Yeah. Resound.fm resonate recordings.com. Yeah. Um, we'll link all that as well. And it's can, linked in episode. And- you can find me at, at Mark Minery. Um, at Mark on social Minery, media. Okay. yeah, I have a Twitter out there, uh, somewhere. Oh, cool, cool. I just, I'm just not very active. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just not my thing. No, that's <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. And we, we get that now from, from, hearing your story and everything and that's that's obviously all good and um seems like it's working really well for you I'm, it's it's cool to hear that that you've uh you've kind of fallen into exactly where where you've meant where you're meant to be and also um the whole thing with culpable i find it really admirable that you guys you know you put a lot of money into that but like you said it was more about t- it was more about the the endeavor itself and and not about making money or about, um, any type of success. It was really just, okay, let's do this and let's do it right. Because there's a, there's a bigger pathway to this. And, and it just reminds me of music because I write a lot of songs and, uh, the best songs are written when you're not thinking about who am I going to pitch this song to? Who is this going to be good for K-pop though? Is it going to be good for pop is, Oh, what if, what if that chord doesn't work over? It's like, no, write the damn song and see what happens afterwards because nobody Nobody ever wrote a song that connected with with so many people by by formulating it like a like a product or or, or thinking about it like a business. It's like write your song and the rest, if it was meant to be, will fall into place because that's the way that the world works, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think for us, um, you know, yeah, it's just really important to tell the human side of stories. If we were just going to yep. make a true crime podcast that just did the facts, it just, there's nothing, yeah. there's no substance there. It's kind of about the human experience, like the, the hearing, the suffering, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the loss of hope. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of makes it real when you're understanding how some of these people are responding to the trauma that they've experienced through the loss that they've experienced. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, I'm kind of an, I'm, I have a lot of empathy. And so uh, mm-hmm. I, I like to, I like to be able to let listeners hear that and, um, and just understand that yeah, there's real suffering that happened in this tragedy. And that's why we're so dead set on trying to figure out what happened is because we yeah. felt that. And so we want to help yeah. them. And, and I'm going to go listen to that whole podcast. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the first episode, but I'm going to go and, and do the rest. Cause I, I love sound design as well. And you're, so I'm definitely uh your ideal listener um <laughs> the binaurals yeah. are in episode two so have two headphones, all right well headphones headphones right? on <laughs> okay so thank you so much mark yeah, for coming on. uh we'll link everything in the in the the show notes and um enjoy the rest of your day sounds good appreciate it you take it easy